So hey guys, welcome back to Accelerated Investor. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Uh, today I interview Adam Adams, otherwise known as AAA. Uh, AAA, Adam Adams is an educator. Uh, he has a coaching program. He's got an amazing podcast, but check this out. He has invested in over seven large multifamily syndications. He owns over 1,400 doors or units of apartments with a value of over $100 million. And in today's podcast, I ask Adam, uh, first of all, what is he working on right now uh, that he's most excited about, which he's gonna tell you about his event he's hosting, Raising Money Summit, over 1,000 people. I ask him about his favorite asset that he's ever owned, his favorite ways to raise money. Um, and we also talk about specific steps to build a leadership platform to raise capital. Uh, we also broke this interview up into two parts. Uh, so this is part one. So I hope you love and enjoy this episode uh, with Josh Cantwell, Accelerated Investor, and Adam Adams. Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. Josh Cantwell. If you love entrepreneurship and investing in real estate, then you are in the right place. Josh is the CEO of Freeland Ventures Real Estate Private Equity and has personally invested in well over 500 properties all across the country. He's also made hundreds of private lender loans and owns over 1,000 units of apartments. Josh is an expert at raising private money for deals, and he prides himself on never having had a boss in his entire adult life. Josh and his team also mentor investors and entrepreneurs from all over the world. He doesn't dream about doing deals. He actually does them, and so do his listeners and students. Now sit back, listen, listen learn, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. So Adam, welcome. So happy to have you on. Hey, why don't we jump in right away and uh, tell me a little bit more about some of the most exciting things that you're working on right now. Obviously, we're in the middle of this coronavirus stuff, this COVID stuff. So I always like to start with my guests and figure out, uh, have my audience kind of learn what you're doing, but learn in real time. What are you working on right now that you're most excited about? For sure. Um, right now, we're working on the Raising Money Summit 2020. It'll be our third annual Raising Money Summit. It's all about attracting passive capital uh, nice. for bigger deals. And what's really awesome about that or why I bring that up is because every other year, every other year we host these conferences and it's all me. I have to be the one that does everything. And what's kind of cool is because of coronavirus, like you mentioned, um, my team is not closing deals for the next few months. And because of that, I'm able to get all of them to kind of help me out. So this is going to be an epic Raising Money Summit. So that's kind of cool. Uh, also, it's going to be our first virtual one. So we're looking at all sorts of platforms that are going to help people to be able to actually um, do, you know how a lot of people say to them, say, when I'm going to go to a summit or a conference, the main thing that I want is just to network or the main reason why I bought a ticket is to network. Um, so we have found a software that's going to make it feel like you're literally at a hotel. You're walking to table to hey, table, Amber. sitting down nice. with people. That sounds really cool. Um, so if people come, let's say there's 500 people that sign up and you're able to put them in like groups of 10, like in a virtual, like 
round table or something? Exactly. Yeah, we, we should have we should have a little over a thousand people, but we're, there's going to be all these different rooms and it's going to be really, really, really easy to network. And, and so when you ask what, what's the most exciting thing, it's definitely that because it's the first time we've done it this way. And it's the first time that I've had my whole team helping me because we're not analyzing a bunch of deals uh, over the next couple of months. So. Got it. So I'm curious, you know, to talk about hosting an event with a thousand people is big. That's, you know, you have to have a big following. You got to be in a lot of places. Uh, you got to have an impact on a large community. Um, so I wasn't planning on going down this road, but help me understand what, what have you done? What are some of the logistics? Uh, help our audience understand how you built such a following that you can attract a thousand people to a virtual summit. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel really confident that we can do a thousand paying uh, the prices that they pay. But um, if, if we just needed to get people for free, it would be easier because of what we've mm-hmm. done. But I'll, I'll share because I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be valuable to some people. Uh, for instance, if they are trying to attract capital then um, then this definitely will relate back. Or if they had some type of coaching program, it, it would relate back. Um, and what that is, is I think of three different pillars. And this is what we implement and the people that I see that are really crushing it and able to pull a lot of people into a seat or virtually. Um, they, they do follow these three pillars. And so the first and main one is whatever you do on social media. And the reason I say that that's the main one is because if you just have the other two without the social media, nobody's going to follow you at all anyway. For instance, uh, my, my podcast, right before I sold it just a few months ago, um, it was in the top 1% of, of all podcasts on iTunes. And um, one of the things that I, that I noticed is that nobody ever listened to my podcast until I told people what I was doing on social media. When I was able to share it on social media, be myself on social media, um, start to connect with people on social media, they said, oh, I'll go and check out his podcast. But they weren't like natu- naturally just kind of scrolling through pod- podcasts and being like, oh, I really need to listen to this. So I, I got my listeners because I had my uh, Facebook following and people started listening. So they would share it and they would um, end up, what we did is the algorithms of iTunes ended up being hacked into. So the algorithms of iTunes said, oh, now that he, now he's starting to kind of get this these people following. And it was just because I was recording my episodes like this one, but I was recording it and importing it live on Facebook at the same time. And people are like, well, this is a cool show. How do I find out more, right? Yeah. And so, so that's uh, the main pillar is whatever you do on your social media. And I don't mean a business page. I mean you, who you are, the true, authentic you. Don't be anyone that you're not. Don't pretend to do whatever. If you love wine, talk about wine. If you love yeah, crossfitting like or mountain biking, you talk about those things, right? And then people just start to say, I like this person. And then they start to say, oh, they're in real estate. They already want to be with somebody who, who's in real estate, but they'd rather be with somebody who, they, who has the same goals, the same objectives, the same hobbies as they do, right? So, social yeah. media. Then there's two more pieces, two more pillars. And one of them is a thought leadership platform. For that, you could write a book or you could have a ghostwriter write a book for you or you could focus on a podcast like we, we're on right now or you could have a YouTube channel 
whatever it is, whatever the thought leadership platform that you have, the purpose of it is for, to have your potential followers talking about you when you're not in the room. You want somebody to say, have you heard Adam Adams's five episodes about raising money? Have you heard Adam Adams' five episodes about, about how to start a meetup group that really attracts people? And you want them to talk about you when you're not in the room. And so that's what your thought leadership platform does. If you've got a book, people share your book. Hey, this is a good book. You should listen to it, right? Or you should, I listen to my books. It's all audible. Obviously, I, I gave that out. But, uh, or you should read this book. And so that thought leadership platform is going to be important. It's going to help people understand that you are who you say you are. It's going to help people understand that there is some authenticity behind what you do. It's going to also give a little bit of credibility only based on the fact of if, if the only people that are saying, talking about your book are saying good things, like there's some thought leaders out there that have done bad things and their name gets blown up fast. <laughs> but if you are a thought leader and you don't have that, it helps somebody have more confidence in working with you. So right. that thought leadership platform is absolutely important. The third and final one um, is all about having live events. Now, you don't have to get crazy. I'm not saying you have to host workshops or conferences like I do with a thousand people. You don't, that's not the goal. If you're trying to, per, per, let's just say you're trying to attract capital. Um, you've got to be able to sit down with somebody face to face. You've got to be able to connect with them because a lot of times people don't really truly trust you until they get to know you in person, face to face. So, so think of it like these three pillars. Think, think of it kind of like no like trust. Maybe the no is the social media or the podcasting. The like is the podcasting or social media, but the trust, the final step is that in-person event. Or let's just say you get to, you just have dinner with them. It's not, it doesn't have to be an event. It could just be getting together. You and your significant other, them and their significant other, you're going to connect so well in that way. Um, you can also have book, uh, boot camps. Let's just say you have some avatar. I call it an avatar. And let's pretend you're trying to raise money. Your avatar is a passive investor. And so you think, what does a passive investor want? And then you give it to them in, in a boot camp or a workshop. Maybe yeah. it's a free workshop. Maybe it's a two-day paid boot camp. Maybe it costs them three grand to be there. Who knows? Who cares? But having that in-person event is going to do several good things. But the biggest one is to allow them to really get to know you to the core. In my newest real estate investing book, The Flip System, you'll learn the proven secrets and strategies that I've used to be a successful real estate investor. You'll also hear the story of my journey from quitting my job to doing over 2,000 units of apartments. The Flip System is now available for a limited time, and you can grab your free copy at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. You'll learn the same proven principles and secrets and investing strategies that I used to quit my job and pursue a life of financial freedom. In this book, I'm sharing exactly how I was able to personally close over 750 profitable real estate deals, make over 400 private lender loans, raise over $30 million, and acquire over 2,000 units of cash-flowing apartments. Get my newest book now for free at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. That's 
getflipsystem.com slash podcast. No doubt. Not. I agree with all so much good stuff there, Adam. That was fantastic. Way to kick this thing off with some fireworks. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and it is so much that what you said that I can relate to in that like we used to do, again, before coronavirus, two big events a year. It was a lot of our students that would come and then learning about residential. But as we built up our fund and then started buying apartments, them seeing us on stage, you know, that was really the ultimate platform because they already viewed us as a thought leader, viewed us with credibility and thought, hey, if I'm going to invest 250 grand in a deal, passive money, self-directed IRA, whatever, God, why wouldn't I just do it with that guy? I'm learning from him. That's 100%. kind of the ultimate situation, but there's so many other ways. I raised tons of money just through go-to meetings, go-to webinars, sharing a webcam. Uh, you know, obviously face-to-face dinners with significant others has, has always worked. Uh, and then obviously kind of build that up. And then I love that I, the use of scarcity when you have all these people that know, like, and trust you, then you've got an apartment to offer. Maybe it's a $10 million deal. You're raising 2 million bucks and you say, look, I've got 70 people on the line, but I've only got room for 20. I've got 20 units available at hundred grand a piece. And that scarcity factor jumps in and they're like, Hey, uh, I want a unit. I want a unit. I want two units. You know, when you can build it up to such a, a place where you have more capital than you need, then you can drive uh, even the offer to your investors down. I know that's a little bit of a sin, but you can drive it down because again, it's supply and demand. You've got this deal, but you got this much capital to work with. Fantastic stuff, man. Hey, Adam, tell me about when you look at your portfolio, you've got you know over a thousand units, GP and seven big projects, maybe more by now, uh, you know, about 14, 1500 doors or more, big podcast. What's, what's the favorite deal that you've worked on? Maybe a deal that you've done yourself or maybe a deal with one of your students or a deal with one of your mentors or a joint venture deal, or maybe a deal you just consulted on or just raise money for. I don't know. Tell yeah. me about your favorite deal that you've done and why, what, what, why is that one have a special place in your business? When I first heard you ask the question, I was going to talk about my first syndication okay. because like you learn so much on that first syndication, but I would have to say that when I really look at it, uh, what my favorite deal is, it's the one that we just walked away from. Uh, oh, okay. Coronavirus came and, and hit us and scared us. And we thought maybe we might lose past investor money if we close this deal. And um, it was a difficult thing because we had hard earnest, we had our earnest money on the line, 185,000. And then we were, we stood to make an acquisition fee of 330,000. So it's yeah. $515,000 that if Big we swing. did it, we would be that much richer. And if we didn't, we'd be that much poorer. And we had raised, uh, it's about $6 million. So it's a, big, it's a big project. We had raised about $6 million. We were ready to close and coronavirus started giving us the heebie-jeebies and we weren't sure. And by the way, I owned multifamily back in 2008 and I kind of pulled out. I, I lost a property in 2011 because there was aftermath to the crash. Mm -hmm. several years of after aftermath. And so I remember we at our at our company we discuss we always talk about this thing called we always do the right thing even when it hurts. It's it's one of our values. We say it every single Monday at our L10 meetings. We mm -hmm. do the right thing even when it hurts. And I remember I gulped and I was like, I'm about to tell my partners that I think we should get rid of 515,000. We should be that much poorer. Everything that we've been working on for the last eight months, I think we should give it up because that's what we should do. It's the right thing. And I thought that they were going to yell at me. I was like, my partners are going to be 
so against this. They're not going to want to do it. But I let them know and they truly believe in those values. And so us pulling out of that, I think it did a couple of things. The, the past investors that we wrote the checks back and, and gave them their $6 million back, they are, they see us as more credible. They see us as more oh, like yeah. that we're definitely going to be doing the right thing. They'll probably tell their friends. Um, but what I like the most is this syndication business is a business for the next 30 years and, uh, or, or lifetime, right? And so, we don't intend on just trying to get one deal and be rich. And so, I, I really believe that ultimately that was the right decision because if we ever would have lost past investor money and I had that inkling that we possibly could um, and we would have gone through with it, I would have felt horrible and I absolutely would have um, lost my credibility for the rest of our uh, journey in yeah. syndication. So, I, I would say it's the one that we walked away from. Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. Yeah, so you're hearing the term now, pencils down, right? So uh, multifamily transactions just in like May of 2020 versus May of 2019, the total number of transactions are down 81%. So in that same month, a year ago, if there were 100 transactions across the country, obviously there were more, but to make it simple, 100 transactions in May of 2019, there were only 19 transactions in May of 2020, pencils down. So obviously that's an example of a pencils down deal. What about that deal made you feel like you might lose money? Did you think there was the tenant base was going to show some cracks because of losing jobs? Uh, help me understand what was on your mind that all of a sudden you said, Let's, let's pull the plug on this one. It was, I mean, we would have to compile a bunch of things. I, I'm, I'm reading um, Malcolm Gladwell's um, The Outlier, and he was talking about how, like, you're, you're not going to crash the airplane just because the pilot's tired. It's going to be because the pilot's tired, and this happened, and lack of communication, and the wrong person was in the seat, and they were afraid to talk to the pilot, and this other whatever it and it was raining it's it wasn't one thing and it would take a long time to go through what you know really was pushing on us but i would say the straw that broke the camel's back was that the state of oklahoma got into a financial crisis during the crisis whereas the governor came out and said that he didn't know if he had enough money in the bank to be able to um, stay, to, to be able to uh, withhold, uh, withstand a storm. If the storm lasted for two years, they would be screwed. So um, okay. I just, I remember it was like, I just thought to myself at that time, man, it's just one thing after another. It's, it's, it's that it had two fires while we were under contract. It's that, that the underwriting's changing. It's that, um, 
I mean, I could just go on, but I would have to spend some time to really show you every reason why yeah, we got no, out I of that I appreciate deal. even those one or two, the straw that broke the camel's back often is, hey man, like I'm done. You wake up, you're like, I'm out. It's, it's not something that like you think about all day and you arrive at. I, when I make those kind of decisions and I've had to make a couple of really difficult ones, it's literally something that just says, it's a lot, a lot of times in the morning, wake up, you're like, I'm out. And actually you feel like that monkey fall off your back. Like it actually feels good. Yes. That you're, I'm, I'm, I'm out of that one. I'm done. Um, I've had to do that with a couple of partnerships over the years. It actually feels good. You kind of, kind of try to Frankenstein them and keep them together to the point where you're like, Frankenstein is dead. Let that <laughs> sucker go. And it feels good. Um, Adam, next question. Tell me about your favorite deal structure. A lot of people have a favorite deal structure, whether they're in residential, they own portfolios, fix and flips, obviously in multifamily, there's different structures, value add, is it ABC class, is it you know, big heavy value add, how long's your hold time, what's your favorite type? Yeah, so um, we usually like to look at markets that have a million or more people in the MSA, they call them, but a million or more people in, in the metropolitan plus the, the small areas around it, like the suburbs. And so we like to have a million or more. We like to ha- see a market where it's growing uh, 1% year over year for a, a long period of time. At least three years is our goal. We like to see that the um, market is also growing in um, job growth. So we like to see 2% year over year for at least the last two years. Um, these are all really good signs. We also like to make sure that there's good job diversification. So what that means is that not any one um, industry um, takes up more than 25% of the job force. And um, we like to see um, wait, uh, we like to see housing prices going up over time. We, there's a few different pieces like that. As far as the asset class itself, uh, we prefer anything in the five to ten million mark. Um, that's our sweet spot, five to ten million. Uh, anything bigger than that, it just it feels a little bit overwhelming to us. And we also see that there's a lot more competition with big money mm-hmm. and big sure. checks, and um, and so that five to ten is our sweet spot. And we like to look for deals that are. We have been looking at C class only. However, C-Class got hit a little bit with this crash. And so we are thinking, we've always been that those people that said, like the other people who say B, C-Class, we always thought you're a joke. B, C, like pick one, man, yeah, like yeah. select one. And so we've all been, we've been C, C, C all the way. But what's interesting is I feel like we might possibly drop C's going forward and just move to B's because we've been doing it for a little while and we feel like that's a really good market. Um, So we're still working on that. As far as the actual market um, during coronavirus, we're going to wait and we're going to look. But just the fast, quick answer to your question, what is the favorite deal structure? I would just say syndication. That's the answer. I like syndicating deals, raising other people's money, giving them an opportunity to be passive, giving us an opportunity to make infinite returns because it's not just returns on our money, it's returns on our time and we're using and utilizing other people's money, helping them get involved. And so, all around, I would say if, if the listener is interested in getting into something, think about syndication. It is a remarkable way to get involved into property. No doubt. No doubt. So, hey, I hope you enjoyed this first part of my interview with Adam Adams. We broke this up into two parts. Uh, In the first part, you just heard, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, 
Leave us a five-star rating and a review in iTunes. Also, don't forget to join our free Facebook group, uh, which is called Accelerated Investor. Go to Facebook right now, open it up, and join our free Facebook group. You can also leave a rating and a review of the podcast inside of the Facebook group and ask live questions of me and our team. Also, in a few days, you're going to hear part two of the interview with Adam, where we kind of do a deep dive into how he jumped into real estate, how he got started, also some of his advice that he would give his younger former self, and some personal hacks that he has for peak performance, for better investing, and for being a better dad. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Josh here, and do you wanna win a free Accelerated Investor t-shirt? All you have to do is give Accelerated Investor, our podcast, Accelerated Investor, a rating and a review on iTunes. Okay, do that now. Then send us a screenshot on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. What we're going to do then is every week we're going to pick our favorite rating and review and we're going to send that person a free t-shirt and maybe again some other cool fun stuff as well from Accelerated Investors. So again, don't forget to take a screenshot, leave a rating, review, take a screenshot, send it to us so we know exactly who you are and then once a week, every week on the podcast, we will announce a new winner. Don't forget to take a screenshot and send it to us so we know exactly who you are. We'll announce a new winner every week. You've been listening to Josh Cantwell and the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next or who you'd like Josh to interview. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and his companies, Strategic Real Estate Coach and Freeland Ventures on all social media platforms now and stay up to date on new training and investment opportunities. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of, apply for coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com.